0: You know, when you're caught up in a negative thinking loop and it feels really difficult to break out of you know you want to and you try to think something positive but you feel yourself being pulled back into that negative story that your mind is creating there are all sorts of techniques and methods that might help you but i do love exploring new methods new ways of changing our mindsets And my next guest, Alex Walton, has discovered a couple of simple questions which he explores in his groundbreaking book, The Kind Mind Method, which not only breaks your negative thought patterns, turns them into something more positive, but also creates a powerful mindset shift as well. So if you're someone who struggles with their negative thinking then this interview could really help you break that old habit and create something new, something powerful for 2024. I think we'd better dive right in. And welcome, Alex Walton. How are you?
1: Hi there, Paul. Yeah, I'm great and really, really excited to be on the podcast and looking forward to this chat.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to this because you've devised something. Well, I think you devised it. I want to know where it came from. Uh, we're talking today about the kind mind method. And you sent me uh, a lovely copy of the book, which I absorbed very quickly, as well as a right. beautiful note and card for me to read. So I'm going to get you to talk about that in a moment, what that's all about. Yeah. Uh, it's very, very inspiring. Um, but I want to dive in with you into how did this all come about? What were you going through? Alex, that led you on the path to becoming an author of the Kind Mind Method.
1: Yeah, what what I was going through. Where to, where to, where to start? And I guess it's probably a lot of people listening to this will will relate and understand. Uh, it's actually it it it's easier to talk about it now. But I think one of the things that I probably look at is at the time it was something that was very difficult to talk about. I'd say first and foremost, for me, it was very much about negative thinking. So I've always been quite a creative person. So this isn't the first book that I've written. And that used to be something that I loved and enjoyed that time that I would spend within my mind. So going for a walk, going for a run, things like that. That was almost my happy place. I would I would go and I would daydream and just think of things and go to far flung places that that could lead me anywhere. And it always felt like a positive, really good place to be. And then somewhere back, probably if I was going to put a timing on it, sort of 2014, 15, something like that, that happy place became not quite such a, a happy place for me to be. And it was all about negative thoughts, worries. It could be uh, redundancy from work. It could be stress from work. It could be family things. It could be health, which was a significant trigger for me. So that was something that that I struggled with. Uh, There was an accident I'd had a few years earlier, which I think was a bit of a jumping off point for that. But what I found over time is that all of my thoughts became Negative thoughts. So, so I would start somewhere, and I always knew wherever it ended up, didn't matter where I started, what sort of positive thoughts that I was trying to build on, it would end up somewhere negative. And the problem that I had is I felt trapped. I I couldn't get out of those negative thoughts. I could try my CBT or other activities to not engage with that thought, but it just felt that there was hundreds thousands of them just queuing up to take over i uh, I'd, I'd not engage with one negative thought but then the next one would be jumping in and it just felt there was just n- no way out from that it was relentless and it almost felt as if i was i was chasing those thoughts it was it's it in some ways it's a bit like an addiction it feels like it's i know it's bad for me i i shouldn't be thinking that thought but I just can't stop myself there's just nothing else I could do and i' i, I felt in many ways sort of Trapped a bit, so I think the negative thinking was really a key part. There was other elements, and and how we sort of break those down. But I struggled with sort of anxiety, an element of social anxiety. Although mm-hmm. that didn't stop me doing things, um, and overall leading to that sort of general depression. And I think I should probably add it's it's something that I never spoke about. I. I come from Cumbria. Um, My dad's a farmer in Cumbria and I grew up, I'm a lot younger than I, uh, I'm a lot older than I look. So I'm nearly 50 now, but I grew up in a time where you just got on with things. So Mm -hmm. you don't really talk about your problems. So I was struggling all through this and it was absolutely something that I struggled with. And I didn't talk to anyone about not my colleagues, friends, family, or not even my wife. And I felt that if I did talk about it, I would be admitting that I'm a failure, and so I just wasn't able to to mm-hmm. have that conversation.
0: And you know, I, I can relate to this. I, I had a the whole reason this podcast exists is because I had a an anxiety disorder at some point, so I can really relate to what you were saying. Uh, and it's interesting you mentioned CBT; that didn't really work for me either. What else did you try? That you know, you were told this would really help your mind, this would help you, uh, you know, with your anxiety, your social anxiety, but didn't quite hit the mark. What, what, what sort of things did you try?
1: Yeah, so it felt like I tried everything, yeah. if yeah. I'm being honest. So, um, and I, it's one of the things that I, I put this at the beginning of the book, actually, and I do believe what didn't work for me, I understand will work for some Mm. other people. And it's the principle I apply is the right answer is if it works for you, it's the right answer there's no right or wrong thing. Mm. CBT in some respects didn't necessarily work. But I, I also appreciate, I think it gave me some understanding that helped me get to a better place than, than, than I'm at now. So that understanding of sort of recognizing my thoughts and that side of things, where it, where it fell short in my own journey was uh, it, it didn't didn't give me anything else it didn't I I always struggled a little bit with well, where do my thoughts go and it felt like my mind was quite sort of frantic and well mm. not frantic but is quite creative I wanted to, to have something else to, to think through um, if I look at what else a uh, uh, meditation was something and I know you do a lot of meditations which I've I've listened to those and again I think that's something that Helped, and it's part of the foundation and the building blocks that's got me to where I am. And if I look at something like meditation, I see that that ability to understand how tricky the mind is is is. I, I did quite a lot of meditation, and and in effect, the ability you sort of see and understand one minute I'm breathing and thinking about the, the the breaths and the next minute I'm, I'm off somewhere completely mm, different. So yeah. like, how on earth did I get there? <laughs> and I think that that's helped, but it wasn't the answer for me. So in mm. essence, again, it was that it, it's, it's helping build a picture for me, but it, but it didn't, it didn't answer the question. I was still struggling through and, um, I tried reading a number of other uh, books and and that side of things, but I think I, I tried sort of positive mantras, other other elements. But I think probably CBT, meditation, mindfulness. So again, mm-hmm. but I think that all ties into it. That principle about being in the moment and that side of it. Um, those were probably the key bits that that I did try through that period. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, it's the different things do work for different people. It's such, anxiety is such an art, you know, it's, you know, it's trying to work out what is the right thing for you. Um, What was the right thing for you? Where did it go?
1: So I think that's where we get to the kind mind uh, method, probably. So uh, really, well, I I, I suppose that, that there's, Two elements is to how I got there, which I think is a separate story, which maybe come back to. So so the answer came to me over the course of a weekend. It was as bewildering and surprising to me as... As it sounds. So I'd been suffering for sort of five, six years with my anxiety, depression, negative thinking. I had reached a point in my life where I had accepted my mental state. I think I'd I'd given up, to be brutally honest. I, I just felt this is me. I'm I'm done. I'm I'm this is this is what I have to live with for the rest of my life. And I I also felt that there was a a pressure building. I felt there was something's going to happen. I'm at that tipping boiling point. I didn't Mm. know what it was. I thought the worst because I always thought the worst about everything. Uh, So I assumed maybe a breakdown, maybe some time off work, maybe having to admit to people around me that I was depressed because I still hadn't told anyone. Mm. And then I went away for a weekend to a friend's, surprise 40th birthday party which i was frankly dreading because from a social anxiety perspective there's going to be about 30 people there and over the course of that weekend a thought process emerged in me a super simple thought process that completely changed my life that i started using from that weekend it was january the 10th 2020 just over three years ago now i've used it every day since Um, It's essentially two simple questions that I ask myself, and I have literally asked myself those questions hundreds and thousands of times. And each and every time I ask them, it gives me a different possibility of where my thoughts could go to. Um, The questions are very simple. And again, this is one of the things that, that I talk about with this thought process, but essentially they are how can I help them? How can I make them smile? And I repeat those questions in my head over and over again. How can I help them? How can I make them smile? How can I help them? How can I make them smile? And it's transformed my thinking, uh, uh, utterly transformed my thinking.
0: I, I, do you know, I there's so much I love about this. And when I picked up your book and I and, and you know the questions are quite near the beginning, I was just like, God, this is very simple, but actually <laughs> reading into where it goes and what you've looked at you know well, why does this work? you know why is this so powerful actually there's a lot behind it isn't there so let's let's just look at those why those two questions why where did those come from for you I think um, well I think that the first part
1: is why I think they they work and then mm-hmm. i'd like to sort of delve into yeah. a little bit of the some of the detail but that first part there's three elements for for me the, the three elements are kindness simplicity and choice mm. so what i mean by kindness first of all so it, there's so much data out there and I've, I've done a lot of research through writing the book i've summarized that i really didn't want it to be a sort of scientific journal, rightly or wrongly, but but I've I've summarized that into there. And the principles of being kind is it's recognized there is a lot of data to support that, that there is a positive element for your mental health and well being for the person who is doing kind kind activities, random acts of kindness. Um, It is is good for your mental well-being as well as for other people. And it's been proven and demonstrated. Mm. The challenge with that is for me to have the mental dexterity to take in different situations day by day and come up with something to be kind. It's very difficult to find some consistent way of leveraging that power. How can you use kindness to help your mental well-being, it's mm. it's really difficult. You've got to think, okay, I'll do a random act of kindness. I was reading one the other day: buy a lottery ticket and leave one lying around. Great, makes you feel better. But what about the next day? What about when I'm at home alone and things mm. like that? So those questions, first and foremost, they allow you to apply kindness and use that power in any situation i'm sitting at home on my own how can i help them how can i make them smile how can i help them how comes I... i've got a universe of positivity to explore i can think about my friends my family my work colleagues anyone and i can daydream off and think of things to do and i know that they will all be positive kind actions how can i help them how can i make them smile consistent questions that that will always end up with some positive results. It is it is allowing you to leverage the power of kindness to help your mental well-being. Mm. It's not just when I'm on my own, when I'm with other people. So when there's people around me, how can I help them? How can I make them smart? I'm looking at them. Again, it's different, different outcomes every time I ask the questions. If I'm on my own, I can think of anyone. If I'm with people, I can look at those people. I could ask those questions a thousand times in one day, and have a thousand different answers or a thousand different thoughts, but they'll all be kind. So that's kindness. Yeah. The second part, simplicity. You, you said it yourself. It's it's simple. Uh, there's no there's no things to remember things to do i had one of the 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 feedback that i had from somebody who's talking about the way that i talked about my mental health was very much the same as how he felt and the thing he appreciated is the simplicity of this Mm. you don't need to remember anything you just ask yourself two questions that you can memorize in seconds Um, I should add, I think people should still buy the book because there's a lot of additional context in there. But, hey, you know, if you get something from just listening to this, that's what it's all about. And then the third bit, kindness, simplicity, choice. And I can't stress how much and how important that choice is. And this ties a little bit into the, the, the CBT piece. This isn't about stopping you having negative thoughts or or obliterating them in many ways. What I've come to understand is there's a choice. I always have that choice. I can choose to carry on with my negative thoughts, but this gives me a better choice. So I ask those questions, how can I help them? How can I make them smile? And I've got my negative thoughts there. I can always choose to to embrace them, but I now have a true and honest choice, a different place that my thoughts can go to, a better place. Mm. And I almost always choose that better place. It's a choice. There are times where I might, eh, I'll I'll indulge that negative thought for a while, but uh, uh, it gives me that, that choice. So I think those three bits, why it works, kindness, simplicity, and choice. And I should add, there's probably one of the, uh, point around this. And it's it's something that when I've spoken to, I think mainly people that, that are in my social circle that maybe don't struggle with their mental health, their first, the first thing that they turn to is the outcome of doing good deeds. And I think there's quite a few people I have spoke to sort of thought, oh, that's a great thing, or you're doing good, or you're helping people and you're making them smile. The thought process is 100% the outcome not about helping people or making them smile. And that sounds ridiculously counterintuitive. I understand that. Yeah. But the principle here is a thought process to help me. And and it sounds a bit selfish, but that's what this is all about. The outcome, Mm -hmm. the purpose of these two questions is purely, simply about giving me a different and better thought to engage with. All the rest... Helping people, making them smile, which will happen. You know, so many things I've done Mm. in the last three years never would have happened without these questions. They will happen. Absolutely. But they're not the outcome. And just a quick example in that. And I I use this in the book, but Mm. standing in the supermarket, I've got two minutes. I'm in a queue and. Typically, that's a time where I'd have some negative thoughts. I'd worry about something. Maybe get frustrated at the person that's dithering at the front of the queue. Instead, now I ask my questions. So how can I help them? How can I make them smile? How can I help them? How can I make them smile? I am snapped into the moment. I I, I step into the moment and I look around the people. They're all strangers. I don't know any of them. But I'm thinking, how can I help them? How can I make them smile? it's difficult because i don't know them and um, how can i help them but i'm i'm engaging i'm thinking i look at the shop attendant i think okay i'll ask her a quick question about whether she's having a good day for example and i stand there i repeat the questions i've got that i get to the front things are taking a little bit longer than expected i decide not to ask that question and i walk out the door if i have tied the outcome of these questions to doing a good deed and helping people and making them smile i walk out the door and i think that i failed i think mm. negative thoughts it's it's a, it's all immediately i'm thinking, i didn't speak to it. i was going to oh, i'm rubbish i'm just just didn't make that extra step now if i've linked the purpose of this and the outcome to me not having negative thoughts and thinking positive thoughts, I walk out the door and I jump up and down for joy. I've just spent the last two minutes absolutely 100% in the moment looking at the world around me, seeing the people around me. Mm. That is not failure. That is 100% success.
0: Sounds powerful.
1: And that is what this is all about. And I think had I have reached out and spoken to that person, That helps, you know, all of those positive Mm. actions you do will embed the thought process even more, but you should never see that as failure if you don't action it.
0: Yeah, I love what you just said. I just want to go back to something you mentioned. Um, You know, you've got, you know, the, the kindness part, you've got the simplicity part, but choice has always fascinated me. And Steve Magnus talks about this in the book, Do the Hard Things about the, uh, the neuroscience of choice. And when we feel we don't have a choice, your uh, limbic system, um, your survival center, really can be quite dominant. But when you have a choice and when you begin to work on that choice, you begin to really activate your prefrontal cortex. So those questions, how can I help them? How can I make them smile? That element of choice is going to really help to quieten down the parts of the brain responsible for anxiety that's why i really like your the, you know the question side of things um, and i love how you, you you really tie it to not the outcome you're focusing on the thought process bringing you into the present moment otherwise you're right if you yeah. tie if you tie your you know, your self esteem or how you feel into the you know the outcome then you know that you could be sorely disappointed but it but the fact that it's a uh, choice that, it, yeah, makes a big difference.
1: I, I think that's such an important point. And I think when I ask the questions, and as as I mentioned earlier, I do think choice it's been probably the biggest thing. It feels like a safe space I can go to. I've now I've now got something else, somewhere else mm. that I can go, somewhere consistent in in my mind. So whenever I have those negative thoughts. I know there's somewhere else I can go. I don't. I don't. I don't have to think this. Where before mm. there was nowhere. I. I. I was stuck in that. It's kind yeah. of okay that this is all I've got. And I think when I ask those questions, uh, I often find what it helps me do as well is is understand that 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 other original thought is negative because for many years and in many ways I used to have. So many of these negative thoughts that i almost didn't really recognize or understand as being negative so mm. I, I mentioned health as a bit of a trigger for me so spending 12 hours solid googling brain tumors uh, in my own mind i would put down as research where the reality is actually if i've got a headache there is a decision to make about whether i go to the doctors or not yeah spending hours and hours uh, worrying about whether it's a brain tumor is not a good good thing to do. But mm. at the time, I wouldn't see that in many ways. I would I would almost be set telling myself, "Hey, I'm I'm doing some research," or uh, it's not worry. It's it's you know I'm I'm doing an activity to help myself. And I think now what I see when I ask those questions, I can see my original negative thought, and I see the questions, and I can look at the two and go, "Hey, hang on a minute, I've got this." thought i've got a headache or a health worry well or i've got my how can i help them how can i make them smile and it, it, it helps me understand that that original negative thought well you know what what is that thought what am i doing here and in many ways it almost helps me label it as this is a negative thought i, I can understand okay. and then it makes that choice even simpler because i've got that comparative view uh, I, I look at the two and i think well hang on a minute of course I'm going to, to, to make that, that option.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just talk me through that a little bit, just to get some clarification. If you, let's go with the example. I think a lot of people can relate to, you know, Googling your symptoms. How do, who are you asking? How can I make, how how can I help them? Are you asking yourself? Are you thinking of your doctor? Who is it that you're directing that question to, to begin to create that break in your, you know, automatic program of just carrying on Googling for 12 hours?
1: So, yeah, that's really, it's, it's a good question. So I am asking that question every time I ask it in a general sense. Mm. So how can I help them? How can I make them smile is a general thought I have and them can be anyone. So that can be, if I'm on my own, I'm, I'm out for a run. That can be my wife, my family, my friends, my work colleagues. It doesn't matter. It's just, it's the, it's the springboard for a creative thought mm. that I know will be positive. That's all it is. And it can go anywhere. And I often find I start that thought and then within a couple of minutes, I'm daydreaming about something else. And, and if that was negative, I'd come back to the questions, but the principle is it's just a positive thought. Or if I'm with people, then I I project that onto those people. Mm. So if I use that example there, I'm Googling something. The reality is I'll ask those questions it's not in relation necessarily to the specific situation. So I'm not asking it, how can I help them? How can I make them smile about a doctor or or, or mm-hmm. me? It's just, hey, this is a positive thought over here. Now, the stuff I'm doing there by Googling this, is, is that a valuable use of my time? I can either have this positive thought, which might lead yeah. me somewhere positive, or I can continue there. And, and that's where the choice comes. Because if I then make that choice to carry on Googling it, it's a conscious decision, but I know there's a better thought somewhere else. And what I think it allows me to do is to step outside a little bit and make more of a rational decision about that thought because I I, I still get them. There's still situations that come up Mm. that there's one of those big thoughts that you're like, oh God, this is a real toughie. But the reality is, by using those questions, I'm able to sort of step away and, and, and understand, look, this is a negative thought. I've got some options. I can go to the doctors, okay, or, or not. And, and let's say I decide, right, I'll, I'll book an appointment. So I'm seeing the doctor next week. I then know that everything between next week and now when I'm Googling my symptoms is just a waste of my time. Mm-hmm. So every time I'm doing it and I ask those questions, I have that choice and, and it sort of reminds me of it. I, I look at the two things and I'd always just take the, the better, more positive choice.
0: Okay. Love that answer. I think, yeah, it makes more sense, you know, cause I wonder what people were thinking about. Who do I ask? Who am I directing this at when in a way it's almost like a pattern interrupt of your negative thought process. Um, are there any situations do you think where this might not be appropriate? You know, imagine you're, I don't know, uh, you know, having an argument with your wife, for example, and uh, maybe it's a (laughs) tough conversation that you've got to have. And, you know, your mind might be sort of, you know, running away with your negative thoughts. Is that, you know, is that a situation where you would use this or is there situations where you think this might not be appropriate?
1: I think, uh, so I've never found a situation where it's not appropriate, but mm-hmm. there are nuances there, and that's a great example that you give about arguing with your wife. Not that mm-hmm. I necessarily argue with my wife a lot, but uh the 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 principle of it is what I've found is if there is a frustration there, so let's say you are having that argument with your wife or partner, mm-hmm. whoever it is, and you, you you see yourself overreacting or getting angry or or saying things you want that those questions i use them to to interrupt myself and just take mm-hmm. a more rational uh, approach to it and it is almost like a, a 10 count it's just i'm asking those questions how can i help them yeah. how can i make them smile how can i help them how can i make them smile to just take a step back from the moment and the frustration mm-hmm. into something completely different and again i can go anywhere with those thoughts but the one thing i've always found is i can't then put those thoughts back onto the person that I have that frustration with. So let's say if I have had an argument with my wife, I might take a, a mental step back and go, how can I help them? How can I make and smile? And I'll think of my children and I'll I'll start thinking of some things that I can just do and conversation doesn't really matter what it is. And I'm stepping out of that moment. If I If I focused back into the situation and the person where my frustrations are, that's the, the the thing where I found that doesn't quite work for me because you you've mm. got that original frustration, whatever it might be, valid or not valid, to then yeah. look at them and say, "How can I help them? How can I make them smile?" It's it's I think it's the only situation where I found that doesn't quite work. So I always have to step out and and into into sort of focusing on my children or something. Yeah, and yeah. I I should add it's it's just on that mm. point there and and. One of the bits I talk about is the one element that I find quite easy to turn to. This, almost what I call my sort of anchor point, is wherever I am when I ask those questions. Uh, one of the easiest and most simple visualizations for me is my family. So it's not always the people that I think about when I ask those questions, and and mm-hmm. and if I'm with other people and things like that, it can be very different. But quite often my sort of default when i think how can i help them how can i make them smile if i'm out for a run i'm just thinking about something i might think of my children or i might think of my wife and so many micro moments in my life have been created by just thinking those thoughts and coming back and can just be a conversation it can be as simple as brushing my teeth with my wife next to me. And instead of being inside of my head, I just don't, how can I help them? How can I make them smile? How can I help them? How can I make them smile? How was your day today, Claire? Just as simple as that. Yeah, and, yeah. and and that's enough. That's a win right there.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you ever do this for your future self? Do you ever think, how can I make my future self smile? How can I make my future self, you know, uh, how can I help them? You know, it's a, a good thing. I was just wondering about that. That would be a good way to invest in in a future you. Um, because the questions themselves if you and actually i'd like you just to lead on with this if you can why is it important to ask a question because i think you know if if we just tie it to your future self for a moment uh if you can
1: yeah so i think from a future self i think the, the, there's two sides mm. i have asked those questions how can i help them how can i make them smile and it's almost taking a bit of liberties i think to a certain extent with myself in mind mm. and thinking about certain situations but i'd say that's that's more of a a rarity but mm. I, I, I there's almost like a, a loose mental side to it where how can i help them how can i yeah. and, and feeling a little bit about that could be me in applying it to and and it really is. The broad principle here is those two questions will always give you a positive thought. So so th- the fundamentally, it's all about having a positive thought. I would also say the second part of that is if I look at myself and my career and what I want to do, and, and just more broadly, is this has opened up a whole new world for me in in understanding how actually helping other people making them smile has genuinely it is such a positive empowering thing and I haven't gone out and done huge great sort of activities just even the small things and just being so much more aware by asking these questions has helped me beyond measure and Mm. so if I think about you know asking them a All of the things that I do, uh, if I look at work, I've got a team of 15 people. How can I help them? How can I make them smile? I ask those questions all the time. What are the things I can do to improve team morale, to do things? And so many ideas and thoughts that that different things we do within the team just come from asking those questions. So I'll be sitting there. I've got 20 minutes spare. Might be worrying about something. How can I help them? How can I make them smile? Think of the team. and then. I think from a, a second perspective, when we talk about the questions, mm. this is something again that that I think when we talk about different ways of managing mental health, one of the things that there's mantras. So that that sort of asking yourself or, or, or repeating to yourself, "I'm um, I'm gonna I, I'm the best. I'm gonna I'm great," or or whatever it m- might be. And I always felt for me. Those positive mantras a little bit, whilst I was struggling with my mental health, were not something that that I necessarily leaned into because I always felt a little bit, they didn't give me anything. So mm. so I might repeat that and I can repeat it over and over again. And for that brief window of time, actually, yes, that, that might stop you worrying about something while you're saying those words. But at the end of it, I didn't have anywhere else to go mentally it was sort of it yes that's that's fine but then at the end of that that didn't leave me with anything or anything that I could take away or or do and if anything having a negative thought that I did as in that way I I would look at that you know hey you're gonna smash this presentation and 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 I would think at the end of that no probably won't actually and and it just didn't give me anything constructive and this is where the questions, this is where I see the difference personally. And again, it is very much about the individual. But for me, it gives me something to, to engage mm-hmm. with. So you're repeating those words. And it, it is, as I said earlier, for me, it's as much as anything, it's a mental springboard. I, 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 I'm quite a creative person. I daydream a lot. And it's just basically sort of saying, hey, look, here's a consistent couple of questions that just repeat those. And doesn't matter where you go, but the end result will always be good. It'll, it'll always mm. be a good end result. So just ask these, ask them over and over again, and then boing, who knows where you go from from there. So it's it's giving you something to engage with. And uh, it's, it's something called interrogative self-talk. And again, there is data science that, that talks about how asking those questions and giving your your mind something to engage with is actually a lot more successful in sort of managing your mental health than, than just sort of repeating words like a, a, a mantra. Um, mm, nice. And I think just one final point on on that, and it, it's mm. quite funny, I sort of come a little bit full circle on it, but I do sometimes now find myself asking these questions, but even sometimes not even engaging myself so much with them, and I think because over the years they've become so important to me, and they are they are something that I know that I can go to and will just give me refuge from the storm. Yeah. So if I've got lots of thoughts, I can go to those, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I see myself dropping the kids off at school, whatever it is, I walk along and I just come back and just ask the questions and almost just relax into it. It's just how can I help them? How can I make them smile? Can I help them and i'm just enjoying the peace and calm it gives me it's sort of it's it's something i know how important this has been to me it's those words have weight they are probably the foundation of my personality now and and the lens that i view the world uh, if i'm perfectly honest so so yeah they do
0: yeah no i i think and that's such a great answer and I hope it gives people some food for thought when it comes to affirmations and to what we say to ourselves and how asking a question, your mind has to go looking for the answer. You know, I am strong compared to how can I be stronger? You know, um, yeah. you know, you know I'm, I'm a writer compared to how can I be a better writer? I think adding action, adding verbs to this is such, a, such an important way and also get the mind to do that self-inquiry and self-reflection. It's so important. I think it's missing for a lot yeah. of people, that self-reflection, you know, and I think these sort of questions yeah. have a powerful impact on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what's next for you, Alex? What's Where's this going? Because it's such a great little book and I really would heartily recommend everyone buy it. The link will be in the show notes. So uh, everyone, please do help support this book and have a look into the deep dives. So there's much more in a way of examples in here. Um, you go into, um, what do you talk about? Passive engagement, which I thought was really fascinating. Pa- passive engagement and um, you know visualization. I think there's so much more than these just a couple of questions, uh, but what is next for you, Alex?
1: Uh, that's a that's a great question. So really, for certainly for the next few months, it's very much about uh, being out there talking about this thought process, mm. and I think the, the the positive things that it can do. I would love to engage and you know meet speak to to more people that potentially using this and uh, if it's if it's benefiting and helping other people there's a couple of other books that i'm looking at i would love to do something around a follow on to this and 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 using some examples from people who have benefited from this thought process I also did a bit of an initiative and a project uh, a few years back around sort of uh, distributing some envelopes around the country, which I've got a, a book sort of half planned and half drafted around that. Uh, and I've got a separate project that I'm looking at. It's, uh, it's a bit of a, a an off the wall one, but it's about a uh, there was a, an old magician that did a, a trick about 100 years ago with a gold sovereign coin. And it's known in the industry as the impossible trick because nobody knows how he does it. Uh, and I have that gold sovereign coin and uh, documented proof of how it was done that I will be giving away, uh, hopefully at some point later next year or maybe into wow. 25 depending on some of the logistics so a few <laughs> things in the
0: pipeline nice nice uh where can people find you where can they find out more about the kind mind uh, kind mind method yep
1: yeah, probably the best place would uh, be to start with my website so that's www.thekindmindmethod.com that's all one word so thekindmindmethod.com
0: Alex, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Good luck with your book. It deserves huge success. And do you know what, we really do need more kindness in the world right now. And I think just, you know, because again, kindness comes from evidence, doesn't it? And, and action, we get a real good sense of identity upgrade if we are doing something for other people, not something just to think about. So we could do it with more kindness in yeah. the world, I believe. I really do
1: absolutely Yep. no brilliant thank you very much for the time paul it's been great to chat to you really appreciate it
0: oh you're welcome and to all listeners thank you very much for listening to myself and alex walton please again do check out his book the link will be in the show notes and i'll look forward to connecting with you in the very next episode have a wonderful day